ready. Yes, Yo, Driven Minds, this is your host, Franz Bowen. It's your guy, Trav Weeks. And we got a dope, super special guest in the building today. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, musical impresario, <laughs> um, host extraordinaire, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, the, the founder um, and, and magnificent writer of YouHeardThatNew.com. Right. Uh, low key, everybody. Pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, Yo, that's what's up, man. First off, I just want to say, yo, congratulations on uh, your 10 year anniversary oh. uh, with uh, you heard that news started uh, yeah. 2006. Yes, sir. That's what's up. 10 years strong in the game, man. That's a that's a blessing. You started a blog game kind of like, um, were you one of the early adopters of the music blog game? Yeah, we was, uh, it was a group of us. Um, so it was like, not right, um, okay player, on smash, two dope boys, um, a bunch of us. And then like, not right, two dope boys, Miss Info, and all of us. Like we kind of like came together, like Transformers, and formed like the NMC. Nice. So like <laughs> we kind of like monopolized the game, getting exclusives, and like everybody had their specific talents. Like I was getting records before everybody. Mm. Not right, you know, just had the knowledge and like the clout. Miss Info was who she was. Freaking right. on Smash was doing videos for everybody. Like they was getting premieres before world star and all that shit like, yeah, and two dope boys was just providing a unique uh underground knowledge and experience so like everybody was fucking with them so like to this day we still crew tight you know two dope boys is still there not right still there i'm still there on smash you know they had that unfortunate situation a couple of years back but mm. they came back strong and then uh, miss info you know who she is so yeah she's she's legend she's a legend yeah. in the game and man. then shout out to exclusive zone so he's shutting down but you know he's got a sh- he had a show on dash radio but you know he was with us for 10 years too so like nice. the click is still crew tight and everything that's what it yo is. that's what's up man let's take it back a little bit to like you know which where you um first where you from uh, born and raised in Plainfield, New Jersey. Gotcha. Moved to uh, South Brunswick. Um, went to South Brunswick High School. Uh, went to Morgan State for two years. Ooh. Transferred uh, to Howard University, okay. which started my radio career um, for about three years. And then I won uh, the on-air personality of the year for all black colleges in 2009 of April. Oh, word? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, not 2000, because I was out of college. I'm sorry, 2005. Okay. Um, so I won that award, and then my, you know, my love for radio developed. And then, you know, I, you know when I graduated, did odd jobs here and there. Uh, worked at a hotel for about three years, and during that time... Mm, double I, Tree. Yeah, Double Tree Hotel. <laughs> you know the background. Um, oh, Worked at Double Tree Hotel. You was getting discounts, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was going to Howard Homecoming, getting $39 rooms for, for the night. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I was at that time, I was, you know, just starting. You heard that news. So, okay. while I'm checking in corporate companies, I'm updating the website at the same time. Mm. Got in trouble plenty of times for doing that shit. But I'd do it again if I had the option to. So. Yo, that's what's up. That's, that's the long story short. So how did how did you um so you 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 had this vision mm-hmm. um you started off in in radio um you you graduated yeah and then you're working you had this vision to start this blog mm-hmm. um you you have you always been like a, a I guess an opinionated individual when it came to the arts and then secondary to that um where how was the connection between you and I guess you know getting that music were you doing it um third person or yeah. were you getting the music. Hand in. Um, first off, no, I, you know what? It's funny because I was never this opinionated to the arts like back in high school or even in college because well, actually college, yeah, but back in high school, I had this show called TNN with this kid named Tremaine. It was uh, Tremaine and Nile and it was on the local broadcast station. So mm-hmm. like we would film our, you know, 
you know, our video show, like, you know, I'd tape certain videos, bring it to the to the station, and we right. would, like, cut it up and talk about the videos. But, like, I wasn't, like, out there critiquing shit. Like, we was just, like, putting people on to, like, oh, this is a new video from DMX, or this is a new video from Jay-Z, whatever. Right. So when I got to school, and I got the radio show, and I had, like, all the freedom to do all the shit that I wanted to do, it kind of got a little bit more legit because people were listening to me, and then I had an internship at Bad Boy. Mm. So I started getting music from, like... You know, A&Rs and, like, DJs, whatever. Gotcha. I worked at Bad Boy when Puff was doing the Vote or Die campaign. Gotcha. Oh, oh, man. You so, saw yeah, Puff. I was, I did. <laughs> I was back. I was, I was in the offices back then, like, and tell me, like, I've seen some shit, Word. you know, that I got to take to the grave, but that's neither here nor there. But, <laughs> Talk about that over. Yeah. <laughs> Talk that off record. But, um, Word. that's when, like, Mace first was coming back. That's when Ooh, Shine man. had his second album on Bad Boy. I think it was on Bad Boy or Def Jam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um... I started getting music. Um, this kid that went to Howard with me, his name is Derek. He's from Brooklyn. And he was working in the A and R department, and I worked in the executive assistant department. So I was working un- right under Puff. Okay. Right. So like I was taking care of this nigga's dogs, watching his kids, packing nice. his clothes for the same same pay trips, and driving his cars and all this other nonsense, like getting his food, all this other bullshit. Wow. Like he had my man Derek had access to Mace's first comeback album, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So he fed me the records. And then I fed those records to, like, these New York DJs. So, like, these niggas was getting records from me. And then after that, in turn, they were sending me records because that's when I started my blog. After I got out of school and everything, I still had those relationships. So they would send me records because they didn't want to get in trouble putting the records on air or putting them on a mixtape. Because back then, you know, leaking records wasn't a thing on air or on online. Right. You know, our, our, our area was still... Like the Wild Wild West, no one knew what it was. Right. Um, talking about blogging, so they were just like, "All right, well, I'm not trying to get in trouble. If you want these records, like here, like, so when we when we leaked records, they could snatch them and play them on air, okay, and not get in trouble because they would lead right back to us. Right. How so, how what, what was the beef like at that point with you leaking oh, records? <laughs> yo, the, the beef with the beef back then when we were leaking records. This is like oh, it was like oh six, oh seven, oh eight. That beef was fucking real. Like, <laughs> labels hated us. Fucking artists hated us. Like That's crazy. And at the same time, like, we were putting records out, testing these records for them mm-hmm. that, you know, they were scared to release. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we're getting online responses like, oh, this record's dope, or this record's whack, or this freestyle's dope, or this freestyle's whack. Right. And we're putting our credibility on the line, but it's a record. Like, we're getting this shit's like, like... Like magic, right. and everybody was like, "How y'all get these records? Who the fuck are y'all?" Like all that type of shit. So. Yo, so you 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 use a, a a good word just now, credibility. Yeah. How was it um that early on navigating the digital space, and how did you um know that you were connecting at that point? Like where? Because now you know you could go on your website. You you got your analytics. You, yeah. You know what I'm saying? People leave comments or what have you. You got the Instagram, Twitter. You could. But then, you know, the internet wasn't as robust as mm-hmm. it is now. So how was it navigating that digital space? I mean, like, the way I would measure, like, the analytics was how mad people got. Mm. Or how, you know, the reaction to what we put out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and back then, like, we had the tag records. Like, I tag records. Right. Yeah, because no one knew who the fuck I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I got it, like, at, at that point when I was just starting, I'm chasing not right. Like, fuck everybody else. Like, I'm trying to beat him. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So, I remember the, the the first day he tagged me on a record that I put out. It was a game and Lil Wayne record. 
and I forgot the name of it, but I had it, and he had tagged me, and that, that's when the day I knew I was like, all right, I got niggas' attention, and then we started like coming together, like you know, emailing each other, and sharing like, that, yeah, sharing that shit. So, but like that's how you knew when when niggas was checking for you, like how mad the artist got, mm-hmm. if you got emails from the label. And Twitter back then was just, just popping. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, black Twitter was just <laughs> like, like, not even black Twitter, like, just people finding out about Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just, just popping. So, I got 50K followers now, but, like, I ain't buying on my followers. I was on Twitter since 09. It's all organic. All organic. Like, to this day, it still keeps growing, keeps growing. So, nice. but those, those followers came from me leaking records, me being, I got hired from BET because of my website. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was a trend, you know, progression throughout the years of me going through certain phases in the industry and people watching that shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, I came from, like, being the blogger that's leaking music to being on BT and, like, traveling around the country, covering events, whatever, yeah. to getting laid off, to hosting events, to where I'm at now. So people will see me in phases. So it's like, not like he's got a story. It's not like he's just some random cat. It's like, nah, we know this nigga from the hotel to Apple right, Music. Right. So right. you can't tell me my fucking stripes ain't... Hell in order, yeah. you, know, like, you can't tell me put shit. It, like, you earned it. Yeah, hey, I put my work in from '09 to now, so it's right. like. So when you started with the college and the college radio scene. Mm-hmm. What made you? What made that vision hit you? Like, yo, let me start this blog and put on this music because that was like kind of like a bubbling thing. Like a lot of people started doing that. Mm-hmm. It's only, only through like throughout the years where um, the people who were really consistent, and really about it, really stood the test of time. What gave you that vision to start that? Like, yo, this is this is the next wave of, you know, of. Um, you know, it's funny, like, the there's two things. One, I didn't have, like, after I graduated college, I didn't have an outlet for, like, to talk music or to play music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the radio show in Howard is WHBC, 8.30 a.m., and I had a show called Live and Direct, and shout-out to my nigga Scott, shout-out to my best friend Niles. Um, we, they would let me play whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting music, and I'm downloading music that kids... At Howard, never heard. Like, you got niggas from Kansas, you got niggas from Texas, you got niggas yeah. from Portland, you got niggas from fucking New England. Never don't know what a Jada Kiss freestyle is or don't know. Mm, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, that's that's the way in the world. Like, niggas, like, they don't have... You don't even think about that. That's yeah, like, no one knows how to maneuver through the internet space. Yeah. Like, they don't know. Like, you go online right now and go not write rap up, you know, XXL, Hip Hop so BX, and find shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But now, back then... There was nowhere to go. So now, like, I'm making, like... It's pretty much I was making my own mixtape on air. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I would make a CD every... I used to love going to this show, and, like, maybe 30 people would listen to it in the dorm, but I would make a, a CD of new shit every day going into this show. And they had songs in the computer for us to play. Mm. I was like, fuck that shit. Like, I'm playing, like, exclusives. Like, we right. dropping shit. Yeah. I made my own intro. Like, yeah. I was involved. Like, I was invested in this shit. So, like... I'm dropping new joints all the fucking time, like pumping that shit up. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated college, I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. But I also had a chip on my shoulder because I won that award. So uh-huh. when I got out of school, I'm thinking like, High 97 coming for me, got somebody you. coming for me. And my mother would always say, she was like, you should go out of town. You should go to Atlanta or Maryland or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Build your buzz. I was like, fuck that. Like, niggas, niggas know me. I want High 97. I want New York City. Word. Didn't work out like that. You wanted the Mecca. I wanted the Mecca, you know what I mean? But I didn't want to put the work in to come back to the Mecca. I wanted to grow in New York City. So um, I had to go through a point where I had to make a decision. It's either like you're going to give up and move to Maryland with your aunt. That was my mother's, you know, 
She was like, you either gonna move to Maryland or you gonna find something to do. Oh here. damn, she gave you the ultimatum. ultimatum. She was like, <laughs> you ain't like, she was like, you're not staying here and not yeah. doing shit. So you got six months to figure out yeah. some yeah. shit wow. or you out. So I came up with the website. You heard that new because every time some new drops, what do you say to your niggas? You heard that new Jeezy? Okay. You heard that new tip? Uh, yeah. So like that shit caught on and then the relationship started growing, me going to events and interning places and you know, being that's when my opinion got more charismatic and more colorful. Mm. Right. Cause I had to find like a a drawing. You know what I mean? I was talking shit, just writing shit, and people would get mad and but it wasn't like I wasn't trying to like piss nobody off, but I just needed a because Not Right had his crowd. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. No Boys had his crowd. Uh, on Smash had their crowd. So like I had to figure out an entry level. And my entry level was exclusives. Okay. You know what I mean? So that was the bridge between radio and digital. Because I had exclusive. I had the relationships. So so now you have this this site. Um, you're building credibility mm-hmm. with your audience. And mm-hmm. you, know, you have these relationships that through... Um, your internships. Mm-hmm. How many? Before I continue that question, though, how many internships had you uh, been a part of? Um, at that time, up to that point, I've done. I did an internship at Sony Music Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a gopher, so I was fetching weed and food and all that other shit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so I had an A train. And then I had the internship at Bad Boy during Puff's uh, Vote to Die campaign so taking care of his kids you know going in on the weekends calling like Lenny Kravitz and Russell Simmons like Puff's got a fundraiser he needs you there like calling these things direct on the line like yo Puff is having this shit and I'm like uh Uh, just getting this shit done because I don't want to be on a fucking Saturday right so I'm breezing like 10 page list just breathing through like Naomi Campbell and fucking Tyra Banks, like calling these people, like, yo, Puff needs you at this spot. Directly? Directly. Like, this is Puff's, like, Rolodex. That's crazy. So I was like, but I'm not registering, like. Right. Yeah, you're just trying to get that work. Yeah, I'm trying to get that work. Get the fuck out of there. So I I did that internship. And then uh, I worked with a a group called Tape Masters Inc. They had a website. Mm. That's, like, that's another key relationship in my career. They would give me records, I would give them records. So, like, there's a really tight relationship. To this day, me and them are cool. Um, So, I did that shit with them, and then uh, BET came calling, and there were no more internships after that. What was that that, um, opportunity like at BET? You said Um, you were um, hosting at that time? No, so, like, at that time, I hadn't started hosting yet. So, at that time, uh, this is in 2008, uh, Kim Osorio, the editor in chief back then, you know, got wind of my website, like, you know, this is the type of stuff we want over at BET, like, you should come over here and write for us, and you can still do the blog, but you can do our blog, too. Mm-hmm. So I brought that whole persona over there. Um, that really got my entire body into the industry door. Like, mm-hmm. okay. you know, being cool with these labels and being invited everywhere, being invited to cover places, going to the BT Awards, VMAs, Grammys, all this other shit that I've never been exposed to. Open bar parties, industry women, like, I'm I'm in fucking heaven. Right, right. You know what I mean? But it also corrupted the fuck out of me. Uh-huh. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? So, like... What, at that point, was that was that your goals at that point? Like, after, you know... I didn't, I didn't have a fucking goal at any point. I was just trying to pay bills. Yeah, yeah. like, they, I got a salary-paying job. My yeah, first yeah. salary-paying job, the hotel shit wasn't salary-paying. I was hourly... It was nice money, but it wasn't salary. Yeah. Right? So um, that was my first actual benefits and 401k and all this other shit. Tremendous. Right? Nice. Tremendous. So like, I'm like, all right, like this is the start. Like Let's get it cracking. So I did that shit for about three years and got laid off. And that's when I knew what the industry was about when I got laid off. Mm. Because the phone stopped ringing. Whew. The opportunity stopped coming in. 
Gotcha. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's when it hit me. Depression set in and all this other shit. But, like, that's it took me to realize that right to this day, no one is your friend. Hmm. No one is your friend. Because, like, if Henny Palooza stops tomorrow, right. if Beach One Radio stops tomorrow, phone stops ringing. They don't care about you. Email stop being crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Like, you got to come to terms with it. Like, I, I got my niggas. I know who my niggas are. Right. But that shit stops. Like, if I don't have any of them shits... Just another nigga in the world. How real is that? So you have, so you have your um your rock bottom moment, so to speak. And is this in this time? Is this when you decided? All right, I have like our because you at the end of the day you still have your blog, yeah, um a website at that point rather. Is that the time that you was like you know what now it's time for me to leverage my personality and get into hosting? Because you funny was, was shit. That, was I that mean, the yo, or? That, that wasn't. I don't think there really was a bridge at that point. I just went into depression. Like, I didn't know. Because you, you got to think about it. Like, I'm a suburban kid. Mm-hmm. Not really that much experience in this industry mm. or this kind of lifestyle. And then you snatch it away from me. Right? So, like, I'm getting free meals. I'm getting free liquor. I'm yeah. getting all the women. I'm doing all this other crazy shit. Yeah. And it stops. Right? So, no one prepares you to deal with that. They don't teach you that in school. Your mother or father don't teach you that shit. Right. You got to deal with it. So now I'm just like, what the fuck do I do? Like, I'm collecting unemployment. So, like, the money, a little bit of money is still there. But do you, like, your girl stressing you and then you going through it with your parents and then, like, you going through it with yourself. So, like, depression, that's the only thing that sets in your head. Like, you just, I'm at my lowest point. So, like, I didn't really understand what my goal was until... One night, I was with my man Mecca from Two Dope Boys, and he's a DJ for Henny Palooza as well. And he was like, yo, come with me to, to Santos. Back then, you know, when it was still open. Yeah. I'm DJing a gig, like, come through and fuck with me. I'm like, all right, like, fuck it, I don't give a fuck. So I'm there with him, supporting him, and uh, the host of the event leaves. Like, just fucking dips. And Mecca doesn't talk. Yeah. Mecca is one of those quiet DJs, spins, gets the fuck out of here. He was like, yo... Just talk to the crowd for five minutes. I gotta switch over. I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna tell you, nigga? Like, I'm, not, I'm here to help you. Like, it's for you. Like, I ain't here to drink and listen to these niggas. I here to talk to these niggas. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do. He's like, yo, just, just talk to him. Give me five minutes. I'm like, all right. So I'm up there with a beer, just talking shit and dragging on niggas. Like, just, you know, keeping niggas entertained until Mecca and get the music back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music comes back on, and then it's like I'm still on the stage, like talking shit, and he's playing like oldies, like Michael Jackson and shit, like 80s, 90s joints. And okay. You know, I'm just like, I guess it was a natural thing for me. Mm. So, like, an hour into it, before the other act comes on, like, my, 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 um, my drunkness wears off, and I'm still up there just like going with it. Yeah. So, I had to go home, like, it was like 12 o'clock at night. I had to make my bus at one o'clock, so I'm like, I gotta get out of here. He was like, all right, well, thank you. So, I, you know, I put the mic down. And I'm walking through the crowd, and this guy goes like, yo, when's your next event? I'm like, this ain't my shit. Like, <laughs> he's like, nah, when are you hosting again? Like, you killed it. Oh, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I was just, but like, it was that moment when I knew, like, all right, this might be. And that was your first time on stage? First time on stage. Wow. Yeah, that's dope. First time on stage. That's dope, bro. I always remember that story. Like, if I could, if I had, a, like, that vivid of a mindset, like, I would, like, paint it and just draw it on this wall just so y'all can see like what that night was like. So, But that was like, that was the bridge when I realized, all right, 
hosting is what we're going to be doing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that kind of like then transitioned to your hosting career mm-hmm. and whatnot. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I kind of like, I think I told, I told you, I met you, um, you were actually we were hosting an event. I think um, it was out in Harlem. It was a, um, I think it was um, this artist named Capstar. He had mm, a, yeah. um, a album release or whatnot. And um, I remember you came there with your crew and you were hosting it. I'm oh, like, shit, at the studio. At the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, 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 right. Exactly. So it was like, um, I was wondering how... Um, how important it is for you to stand behind this culture? And by that time, Capstar was kind of like the, uh, it was an emerging artist. Mm-hmm. And I know you put a few emerging artists on your website too. Yeah. How important is it you to stand behind the culture and stand behind the music industry and being one of those forerunners of like the voices that, you know, that people respond to? I mean, it's important because like when you open your mouth, like you got to know that what you say is not law, but it's like people weigh heavy on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and I don't ever want to have I don't ever want to have the voice where I talk down to people or I'm talking at them. I want to talk with you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I like this artist. Here's why you should like this artist. Oh, you don't like that artist. Well, why not? You know what I mean? Like, nah, nigga, this is the next nigga. There are niggas that are like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, that's not my personality. Right? It's right. more conversation. Yeah, I want the dialogue. Like, why you don't think this artist is cool? Oh, you don't like, all right, cool. At least I know why you don't think instead of you right. just saying that nigga whack. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not asking you to provide a solution. I'm not asking you to provide another, another rapper. At least I know why you don't like that artist. Yeah, yeah. So I want people to hear my, like, when they hear me talk, that's what they think. Like, oh, he's going to have it. At least he'll have a, a fair dialogue about it. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to predict the next hove. I'm not trying to predict the next Beyonce or whatever you want to call it. I just want people to be exposed to shit that they may not be familiar with and they may not open their eyes to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's so much shit to fucking try to find. Mm-hmm. So I want to be one of those people. Like, all right, well, if he says it, it's got to be something to it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So I try to be one of those guys. And if you don't fuck with it, you don't fuck with it. Cool. Like we, it's hit or miss all the time. You don't know who's gonna blow up. You don't know the percentage. You don't know what is you know the rate. Like, oh well, because he got this song, he could have a dope song, and then. Tomorrow the niggas oh, white. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah. dumb shit is gone. Exactly. That's how I feel about a lot of these new artists yeah. today. They may have like they may have a wave, but yo, they could be gone two years. If you're not consistent, if you're not consistent with it, you know, and I'm not trying to call like, yeah, this is the next nigga for the next five years. Yeah. I like this nigga right now. Get into it with him. If you don't, cool. Well, how how has that been for you? Because you starting out in in like oh five oh six, mm-hmm. and then even before that in college, like kind of seeing just the the life cycle of music now. Like mm-hmm. how how is that for you as somebody who has to you know have such um like bold commentary on the culture? I mean, like I never try to predict anything. That's not what I'm into. I didn't get into this to predict who's gonna be the next superstar. I got in this to put you on dope shit. Mm. Dope music, dope albums, dope mixtapes. Be the first with it. Be that nigga like, yo, Lowe's gonna have it. If it's out, Lowe's gonna have it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to give niggas a five album star rating. Like, I'm not the source. I'm not Double XL. I'm not gonna give you the 10 hottest MCs in the game. I'm gonna tell you what I think about certain people. If you agree with it, cool. If you don't, you're gonna keep it moving. What it is. Go back to sleep and try it again the next day. Um, and I never prided myself on like, yeah, I'm the nigga that knows everything. I'm in tune with shit because yeah. that's what I like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need y'all to like what I like. I know what I like. Yeah. Here's what I like. Y'all fuck with it? Cool. Y'all don't? Yeah. All right. That's what's up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there are certain niggas in this game that when they say this is the hottest nigga, it's law. And nobody's opinion is law in this game. I don't give a fuck. Who you are, what your podcast is, what your show is, what your radio show is, no one's opinion in this game is law. 
That's true. And if you want to take that to heart, and if you want to get upset yeah. by it, cool. But show me your track record in regards to signing niggas and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Niggas, there are niggas who do know what's hot. I'm not going to deny you on that. But no one's opinion is law. Mm. It's just what they like. I like that. I fuck with that. Mm. And I think the people will fuck with it too. If they don't, cool. You're not going to jail because the nigga, you don't fuck with a nigga. <laughs> like, it's not like that's how niggas be talking nowadays. Word. Like, it's me or it's nothing. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. That's, yo, but that's largely been our culture though. Like, just because. I mean, it has, but it's also, mm-hmm. like, it's also kept us in a bucket because mm. niggas don't want to just be like, all right, that's cool. Like, I, I fuck with that, but like, I got, this is what I fuck with over here. Niggas get mad because they don't fuck with certain shit. Like, no, I just don't fuck with that. Have you has has that has that presented itself as a um as kind of like a stumbling block in your career? Yeah, I mean At like point? I did that with Drake when he first came out. I was like, I don't see the I don't I don't get it. Wait, this was so this far like, gone so or like, comeback season. So far times. gone. Okay. I heard a comeback season was cool, but I wasn't like, oh the nigga's gonna be the next nigga. I'm like, heard so far gone and the world went fucking crazy. And I'm like, I hate being spoon fed shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, like, wait, hold up. So do you feel Drake was kind of forced on this? Because I, yes. I heard, I heard, Drake was forced on us. I heard that, I heard one other person say that Drake was forced on us. Wow, Drake was forced on us. Because yeah, I, because I, yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, yeah, like, music that we all fuck with too, though. No, no, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. like the nigga has great music, but That's at cool, that yeah. time he was forced on us. Mm. And not, and, and when I'm force fed something, I don't care if it's women, I don't care if it's food, I don't care if it's religion, I don't care yeah. if it's politics. If I'm force fed something, I retreat automatically. Right. I don't care how good it is. Or who it's coming from. Or who it's coming from. Weezy was presenting him at that time. Like, yeah. I'm like, all right, like, everybody. So it's kind of like, you think like, not on purpose, but it's like, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And that kind of, are you, are you like a, um, are you one of those individuals that, you just kind of like if everybody's on that shit. Let me get. I'll get, me get to it when I get to it. I'm gonna get to it because that's how okay. I felt about Bryson Tiller. I'm like, I'm gonna get to it when I get to it. Mm. Cause the way he was going crazy. I'm like, let me get to this shit. Let me pick apart why this, why he's supposedly so good. Exactly. So I'm like, and I'm not denying it. I'm not saying he's trash. I don't see it. Yeah. When I do see it, I will admittedly come to the table and be like, all right, I get it. Yeah. If the niggas, I, I don't care about if the nigga, all right, yo, I, I understand. It ain't for me, but I understand. Mm. Yeah. And that's how I've come with Bryson Tiller. Like, it ain't for me, but I understand. Okay. Yo, so, let's. We're going real quick. Someone want to touch on before you move on real quick, just because for our audience, for the ones who want to get into music, mm-hmm. right? Because it's funny, like, with you, your story is it's slightly similar to mine in a way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I grew up in Jersey, mm-hmm. music industry, entertainment world. Always wanted to be in it or have a part of it. You know, you love it. You sit back and you watch it on TV. Like, you're killing it out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And nobody really knows the other side of it until you really come in and you make that jump. Yeah. So you said you came in, you came for a moment, you came off the radio show in the South. And yeah. you said you 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 um you worked for BT, so you pretty much got enthralled in the industry. Yeah. And then the corruption came and everything. Yeah. What was that like? When you saw what it was really like... From the girls, everything going my on. Dad, what was that experience like? My dad worked for CBS. He worked for, it was Columbia, CBS. No, no, I'm sorry. It was CBS, Columbia, Sony. Okay. So my dad worked for those. He worked for that for that establishment and that label Like when I was in grade school and high school. Okay, so, Pops was an older boy. He wasn't on the music side. He oh, was on like management and like executive management type okay. shit. Dope. 
So he was like, I don't want you next to that shit. <laughs> I've worked with like Michael Jackson and like all these, like Russell Simmons, like I've seen this shit. Like I don't want you in that shit at all. And as a kid, what happens when you told not to do something? You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it to the tenth power. So like, nah, fuck that. Like I wanna be in the industry. So that's how I got my internship because he worked at Sony. Oh nice. So I Chico, whatever. So yeah, take what I get. Um so like I didn't have the industry experience when I was doing the Sony Music Studio shit. I just saw like niggas in the studio. Like I didn't really. I just was, I was enthralled with studio shit. I wanted to be a producer. Like I was mesmerized by the fucking the board. Like I wasn't paying to the bitches in the corner and yeah. niggas smoking weed. Like I haven't done that shit. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until when I got to BT where it was open bars. Mm. I was traveling. Mm. Um, free shit yeah. concerts like all that shit. Because I wasn't a big drinker before that. Mm. Uh. I drunk Blue Moon at the hotel. Because that's where we went. Like, because we worked in a college town. Uh. So after we would leave work, all go down and drink Blue Moon and just chill out. Chill out, right? <laughs> gotcha. It wasn't until I got to BT until I started drinking Hennessy. Thank God. Jameson, <laughs> tequila. Talk that shit. All that shit. That's, that's when I was doing all that shit. So I'm like, oh, this is free? Like, I can't pay for this. I'm working at the hotel. I can't pay for this shit. I can pay for a $4 beer any night. Exactly. I can't pay for a $12 drink. I might could get one cognac. I might could get one. But it's like, that's not what they're drinking. Like, my coworkers was drinking. Like, a couple of my coworkers went to Rutgers. Because Rutgers is like right near Double Tree Hotel. So like, that's all. They, they would take us to this hole in the wall bar. It'd be... You know, these cheap-ass deals. We get Bud Lights and Blue Moons and Stellas and all that shit. And we was drinking beer. Mm. That's all we was drinking. I got the BT. It was Hennessy. It was Jameson. It was vodka. It was tequila. And I'm just... And that whole time, in, in that in that new, I guess, fish-out-of-water experience, like, you knew you belonged there. I felt like I belonged there. I didn't know I belonged there. I felt like I belonged there because at that time... I'm in that culture. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah, I, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, yeah. I wear out a BT business card, got an email, you know what I mean? I got direct deposit every two weeks. Like, this is what it's about. Let's so, yeah, let's, let's go fuck these bitches. And, yeah. you know I mean? I can promise them, yeah, I'm at BT. You can come in, come to the award show, or, we, you know, when I get to California, you can come fuck with me. Like, yeah. that's what that was about. Mm. So it was just like, I didn't need to be there. Like, I felt like, that's what it was. Right. Because no, one, no one's like, my dad was the only person to tell me, like, this is what the industry is. It's backstabbing. It's drugs. It's liquor. It's women. That's what he was telling me. But as a little kid, you're like, mm, fuck out of here. Of course you're going to tell me that shit. Right, right, right. I got there. It's exactly what it was. Yes. So, so let's transition a little bit to uh, more the present now. So mm-hmm. you've, you, you host um, several different events. Mm. Um, are you, uh, which is Henny Palooza, Honey Palooza, Trap Karaoke. Trap Karaoke. Um, first of all, congratulations on just the, the building of those brands. And Appreciate every that. day, so you know amazing. what I'm saying, they continue to exceed um, expectations, know, kind of expectations yeah. and limits. Um, talk, a, talk a little bit about, like, you know, I guess kind of building that brand and, and your brand simultaneously, like a Henny Palooza. Because from what I've heard... Henny Palooza kind of started out as a like a chicken and beer thing. Henny Palooza was a simple night of us not wanting to go to the club. Mm. That's all that shit was. And at the time, 2012, Twitter's just raving and ranting like you could put an event out and niggas gonna come. Mm. Right. 
My man Cam from Harlem, um, head of Henny Palooza, creative Henny Palooza, was like, yo, send this text out. We're going to have bitches at the crib, women at the crib. We're going to have hmm. women at the crib. All they got to do is either bring Hennessy or chicken. It was literally that simple. Like, How much right. chicken was there? A lot. <laughs> a lot of chicken. And we was like, all right, like, cool. Like, niggas ain't want to, we're not trying to go to, like, One Oak or wherever it was, or Pink Elephant or whatever was popping at the time. I'm like, yeah, all right, like, bet. Greenhouse on that time. Yeah, like, like Greenhouse, all that shit. So we was like, all right, bet. We, everybody go to East Harlem. That's where Cam lived at, at the time. He's like, we doing it in the baby shower room. This is the basement of his apartment. We're going to play game. We're going to do Uno. Our man Genius is going to spin. We're going to play cards. We're going to you know, do beer pong. Game night with some music. Bet. It's easy. We can do this shit all fucking night. So niggas lined up. Everybody send their text out. Like, yo, come through, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, I got there late. I was with some chick, and I got there late. And it was snowing, too. Walked in. Shit's packed. I'm just like, what the fuck? Nigga, like, <laughs> so we're like, all right, whatever, cool. Like, bring out, I had a bottle of champagne. Don't ask me why, either. <laughs> well, I had a bottle of champagne. <laughs> um, like the flying I ain't know what the fuck like the Glico shit I was holding. I'm like, alright, whatever. I'm drunk as shit. So walk in there. It's a table of chicken. It's a and the bar's over there, so it's like Hennessy over there, and it's just like it's dark and it's just like it's fun as hell. Like we just chilling. Like mm. no like no bad vibes, like no hood niggas, like it's just us and like a couple of our friends, whatever. So we ran out of chicken. Right, so Yikes. I had like two of our niggas like, yo, go to KFC. It's like right down the street. Go with some chicken. My man said he comes back. And he's like, there's a line outside. No way. There's a crazy. line outside. It's, still, it's at the crib. It's right? Still at the crib. This is the first one. This is 2012. It's a four year anniversary coming up this Saturday. Mm. Lined up out the crib. Niggas like, yo, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Like, yo, can we come in? Nigga, we turned the lights out because my man Kaz from the stash. He was like, yo. We should turn the lights out. We should move the beer pond table. We should, like, turn this shit to a party. Right. Did just that, and that shit got fucking crazy. <laughs> I took a chick upstairs, a cam crib. <laughs> Man. Did my thing, whatever, whatever. So fell asleep on the couch. Yeah, that good old Bible lit. study. Yeah, like, gave me that good old Bible study. So woke <laughs> up the next morning. Super lit. So woke up the next morning, and I was the only one that stayed at cam crib. So I went downstairs to help him out to clean up. Nigga, when I tell you, we looked behind that bar, it was like 80 empty bottles of Hennessy. Wow. So then, I think it was my man Fox. He was like, yo, check the hashtag. Check the Hennessy. We're like, what, what do you mean hashtag? Like, just check it. Nigga, we go on Twitter. Everybody's like, yo, what the fuck? Why you invite us? Like, what the fuck is Hennessy Palooza like? Nigga, we didn't know what Hennessy Palooza was. We was just chicken and Hennessy. Like, that's all it was. From that point on, it just became a phenomenon on its own. We did it at a fucking, we did it at a, an art gallery in Soul House. Then we did it at a frat house in Harlem. Then we did it at this, um, we did it at Tammany Hall like three times. Mm-hmm. And it just got R.I.P. Tammany Hall. Yeah, yeah, it just got too small and it actually got too big for it. Mm-hmm. Then we traveled to D.C. for the first time, which was a fucking disaster, but that was like one of our biggest lessons. Why was that a disaster? Ran out of, first off, the music didn't start till two hours into the party. Like the music, no music. No music. And the only reason why niggas was content because it was free Hennessy. Like we had uh, fucked uh, up with the DJ shit. We had like left one of the wires and my nigga Niles, because he went to school down there, so he knew a lot of niggas. So he was running around trying to find them. Like that, it was a disaster. Like Cam got fucking pissy drunk, fell down the steps. Like uh, we was not ready to travel that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that quick. So we learned, we used that as a very, very big stepping stone. Yeah. Came back to New York, got our shit together, um, went to Toronto, did it over there, and mm. then um, we, you know, took care of New York a couple more times. Dope. And then just hit the road, like, you know, Miami, Atlanta, 
uh, Texas. Yo, how's the reception been in, in these? In the, I mean, I see the videos. No, like, there are no parties like that in these cities. And I'm not saying the parties in these respective cities are whack, mm. but it's like our party, it ain't about VIP. It ain't that's, about that's what I like about you know what I mean yeah. everybody's general mission. I can't tell you how much I hated the grown and sexy era. I mean I but I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. <laughs> but like we need an era for the niggas that don't want to be grown and sexy, that wanna wear their Jordans, yeah. that wanna wear their chucks and some shorts or some sweats or whatever. Turn up with some nice girls. Pay for it, yeah, turn up with some chicks that just wanna have a good time or yeah. do whatever afterwards, but right. set price, everybody pays the same price. You go in there, you drink Hennessy at your own consent. Right. Pace yourself, you know, that ain't on us. If you right. don't know how to drink, that's on you, my nigga. But we promote a good time. Yeah, we put that shit on. We promote a good time. We promote good vibes. And we try to bring people together. And it's, you know, every city we've done it in has been very, very successful. What's the um the um the uh the numbers? Like could be all how many people are coming out now? Depending on the venues, like our biggest crowd has been three thousand and that's wow. been here in New York City at Webster Hall. We did like seventeen no, we did like fourteen hundred in Houston. Mm. Uh, we did like 900 in Atlanta nice um, wow did like 1200 in Miami I think Whoa. these numbers might be off but like mm. every city it's over I can guarantee you every city is over 800 people hey, how, I was thinking I'm, I'm seeing the visuals and you know the um the uh, images on, uh, yeah. on social media and I'm like yo how fly is that like yo shout out to Ravy B that's our official what? photographer she, 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 she's got she's the, the golden eye yeah, like, it's so fly as that. Like, y'all got, y'all, you and your team out there touring with no yeah, album. It's just, like, that's lit. That's bro. the crew. It's me, it's Kaz, it's Killer, Peach, Benner, um, Austin Mills, Meg Dot, The Left Coast, Corey Towns, mm-hmm. Chris Styles. He's the other host. You know, he's got the podcast, Trapping Anonymous, so you got to check that out. Rory, um, Fox, Della, Niles, you like, those are, those are our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't no business shit. I mean, it is, but... Those are our niggas. Like, me and Nalji, that's my best friend. Like, we went to school together. Mm-hmm. Me and Fox known the nigga for mad long. Known Cash for mad long. Della for mad long. So, we have a bond. If this shit dies tomorrow, nigga, we still gonna go to the bar and fuck with bitches. <laughs> women. Fuck with women. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, it doesn't die out because the business dies out. Mm-hmm. Yo, mm-hmm. so, to piggyback on that point, mm-hmm. you guys had the brilliant idea of trap karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like karaoke has is already like it's thing, yeah, but yeah, yeah. to to, to put that karaoke. you know that sazon on it, you know what I'm saying? Where where did that? You all know trap. That's the funny thing about yeah. trap. Like people being a professional women in high heels listening to trap before they go to work. You know what I'm saying? I like, mean, like the idea of karaoke is nothing new. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel. You know, we're just adding a spoke to it. Right. Um, so that idea came from a good friend of mine, Jason Malwood, um, from DC, but lives in Brooklyn. And he came to me, him and my friend Della had came to me and were like, yo, we're going to do this karaoke shit. I'm just like, all right, like, whatever, like, you're going you're gonna to host it. I'm like, cool, whatever. <laughs> Send me the flyer, I post it up, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Go to this spot in Lower East Side, uh, 244 East Houston. That was the first event there. And we had like maybe 80, 75, 80 people pack out this event. And this is just like, you'd be surprised. I mean, not surprised, but it's like, all y'all niggas like her, like this, y'all really into this shit? Not knowing what it is. Right. right, right. Not having like there's no booklet. We didn't have a paragraph or website. We just said trap karaoke, mm. be here this Hold day. Up. And it was raining. Right. So like niggas pulled up and bruh, 
That shit was fucking lit. <laughs> Second event we did uh, the spot called Friends and Lovers in Brooklyn. Yeah, Yo, Friends and Lovers is Friends tight. Lovers. Yeah. It was like maybe 170, 150. Mm-hmm. Um, people came out. Right. Nigga, that shit was tight. And then the third event we ever did, we went to D.C. and right. packed out Blonde Wino oh, in wow. Southwest. And when I tell you, like, I didn't get it until I left, until we left the, the city. I didn't understand, like, this shit. Yeah. This is something different. Yeah, way all the way. Yeah, you know I mean, like yeah. so, and then it turned into not just a party and not just some turn up shit. It turned into us building communities within these cities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have these people, you have these kids and these young adults, young entrepreneurs who don't have a place to let loose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're stuck in these corporate offices, right. 14, 12 hours a day. And can't go nowhere because they're not accepted. Or they can't turn up and be themselves because they're not accepted. So now we got Trap Karaoke coming to your city. And they getting on this stage. And they performing Bootsy. They performing Beyonce. They performing Jay. They they performing their most inner rap or R&B singer. And having the time of their life. And it was it's karaoke. But it's, it's karaoke catered to them. Because you go to a karaoke bar in LES. And it's Bruce Springsteen. It's Queen. It's fucking uh, Billy Joel. Fucking Seal. Fucking Seal. <laughs> Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. And there's nothing wrong with these artists because obviously these artists are good artists. But nigga, where, where, where's Diana Ross? Or where's a, a, a Kia? Or where's a fucking um, Lil' Kim? Where's Foxy? Where's DMX? Yo, and that's, that's, that's the thing that I love most about the concept of trap karaoke. It's an immediate celebration of our music and our culture. It's that, a solid, that, yo, that usually gets overlooked. You know it's what not I'm even. It's not even about the fact that like it's immediate, it's immediate celebration for our. It's an immediate celebration for us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's an immediate celebration for being who you are and not being judged. That's what karaoke, trap karaoke is about. It's a celebration for who you are, what you represent, where you're from, what you're affiliated with, and what you do. You could perform any fucking song, but once you get up there, we all rooting for you. Right. I made sure nobody boos. I don't care how bad. Like, it's hard to get up there in front of fucking fourteen hundred people mm. and sing a song. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to do that. So it's like when you get up here, I want to make sure that you understand we all support you. Right. We all here partying, especially with the shit that niggas are going through nowadays. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Police brutality, declining in jobs, like. There are times where our men and women feel worthless. Mm-hmm. So, all right, for three or four hours, you're going to come here and you're going to feel like a king or queen. It's therapeutic. Very therapeutic. And that's what we want to push. It ain't about me. It ain't about Austin Mills, who's the main DJ. It ain't about Abe, who's one of the other hosts. It's about y'all. It's a user-generated concert where you feel like the Grammy-nominated or Grammy Award-winning artist, where you feel like you at the American Music Awards and you turn the fuck up. And if you watch some of those recap videos, you'll see... That some of these people actually just, that might have been the best part of their week. Mm. And if that's what it is, then we'll come back to your city and do it all the time. That's fire. Oh. How is LeBron as a... Uh, oh, <laughs> man, crazy. Oh, I pulled up to no, so, wow. quick long story short, another one. Um, I got some good friends at a marketing company, and they were putting together, uh, this was also a weekend in Toronto, they were putting together this big mansion party. And mm. it was Sprite and Beats. And... Um, they it was Drake and LeBron's party. So they were like, yo, you know, we landed this big ass house and we got this karaoke room, but 
you know, we want to kind of add like a rap thing to it because we don't know like if people come down there. So my man Justin was like, can we do like trap karaoke? And I'm like, it's perfect sense. He was, and this is like the party Saturday and it's like Thursday. Mm. Right. So he was like, yo, can, can you just come up here and host it? I'm like, listen, I'll come up there and host it. I didn't get paid. They flew me up from me in a five star hotel because like the exposure was way more important than the right. payout. So like I ain't really, I'm not afraid to admit that shit either. I so I was like, all right, here's one thing. Just take care of my room and board and make sure our logo is on that window when people walk in that shit. Mm. So I don't care if it's a fucking Drake or if it's a Kevin Durant, or if it's a Fabulous or if it's an Amber Rose. They see exactly what this shit is. Right. So I you know, I walked into the house, I saw the room was trap karaoke hosted by Low Key. It was like a small room. Maybe like you push this out a little bit more, it's a little bit bigger than this. Mm-hmm. And I had this janky ass white dude controlling the computer. Like I couldn't get none of my DJs because it was so last minute. So I'm like, all right, as long as we, we can control the music, we'll be good. So we started it off, and it was a little rough, like, because everybody's upstairs drinking and shit, like, drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's upstairs. Like, the house has, like, 95 rooms. It's an Damn. owl in one room. It's a pillow fight in another room. You said Yeah, it's like a, it's a burlesque room, and, like, it's, it's like anything you could dream of is in that house. And I got a fucking trap karaoke room in the bottom of the basement. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm fucked, but it's free liquors and mad bitches, like, mad women, mm-hmm. and we're going to just, we're going to turn up. So the first person in there was Amber Rose. Huh. Would not leave. Mm-hmm. Amber Rose is doing. Amber Rose. She what she mercy. <laughs> she did. I think like Bone Thugs. Oh, well. and was just going crazy. And so she was missing Uncle Charles, yo. Son, she was getting <laughs> it. Like, and I not. I don't hate Amber Rose, but like my preconceived notion before she got there, I was like, man, this bit little. Like, Right. That's one of the coolest girls I've ever met in my life. She from Philly. She yeah. gotta be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she in there turning up doing Bone Thugs and da 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 da. da. So then, uh, who came in next? I think it was Odell. Mm. Odell comes in there know, dancing and yeah. shit. Yeah. All that fucking crazy <laughs> shit. He in there enjoying himself. Next person that come in. Um, so then LeBron come in. So my man Cash is with me, and he helping me hosting shit. So LeBron mm-hmm. grabbed the mic. This nigga does Future March Madness. Oh, so man. we like, oh, this shit is fucking lit. So, but there's no cameras allowed. So like, no one's taking pictures. No one's doing video. So we're just like... Dang. The one time we need to record some shit, we can't. So we're like, all right, whatever. LeBron in there, his wife, they going crazy. He got, because they put like little like sunglasses, like little costumes. So he got his glasses on, rapping the March Madness, and then Ice Cube some come in there. O'Shea Jackson Jr. So he do, he do straight out of Compton. He do his father verse. Oh, man. It's only right. Only right. Uh, so then fucking, so John Wall, John Wall comes in. Sheesh. Durant comes in. Durant in the back chilling, whatever. Uh, Fab comes in. And Kevin Hart come in. Oh, yeah, yo, party was this? This is the All I'm telling you, All Star Weekend. It was right oh, after All Star Saturday night. So after like the Slam Dunk contest, everybody flooded to that house. Mercy. Wow. So fucking me and Kevin Hart going back and forth, like just cracking jokes with each other. <laughs> but he had stopped somebody's set, and I'm like, nigga, you gotta get out because you can't be stopping niggas set and karaoke <laughs> shit. So he just like going back and forth. So Drake is standing outside, like. You can look through it and you can see, but he's outside because he didn't like he had like a swarm of people around him. So mm-hmm. he didn't want to bring all those people in there because his man Mark told me that shit. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we in there just get into it, get into it, get into it. So right at the end, Steph Curry and his wife come. Oh, but man. we had shut it down already. Uh, so we couldn't like it was already done. At that time, Drake was upstairs performing. Gotcha. Just think like you hear and you just hear it starting from the bottom. Just a, like, this, this, this man should he said how many rooms? Nigga, it was like it was five <laughs> floors, a pool, like 90 rooms. Like before I started my event downstairs, they took me around the house. Basketball court, a pillow fighting room. Wow. Pillows stacked to the, like, to the ceiling. 
Like, this is the most lush shit I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yo, no, shout out to Canada, man. They got the most lush shit. shit. <laughs> Son, that was a fucking night. So, Trap Karaoke has seen those depths. Trap Karaoke has seen the depths of Oakland. Mm. I've seen the depths of Detroit. It's really Chicago, amazing, bro. It's coming like, from where y'all coming from. And, you yeah, know. so, you know. That, you know, Trap Carrier, and we're just getting started, so, like, mm. please believe that we're not going That's nowhere fire, anytime soon. Yo, just um, one more thing yeah. before uh, we wrap. Yo, how's your experience been working with um, Apple and, and, you know, being able to transcend your voice to over, what is it, like, 80? It's uh, 100 countries, uh-huh. and I can honestly say that has been the best experience professionally in my entire life because I get to crack the mic and talk to people in Zimbabwe. Mm. In Twitter, you can do that because Twitter is available everywhere. And you right. can click the follow button and that's it. But to talk to people about music in India, in fucking Nigeria, in Australia, crazy. who's ahead of us, you know what I mean? Like, right. I was ahead of us. Yeah. And we're talking, I'm talking about music with Drake. Like, I'm just talking music to them. That's dope. You know what I mean? Like, I remember talking to 30 people at Howard University, and now I'm talking to I don't even know how many people. I just know how many countries. Mm. And Lord knows the population in each country. Right. Straight off the iPhone. You know, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, that shit still... I've been there for a year and a half. Started my first day was July 4th last... Not the year before. Um, first day, July 4th. Holiday working. Everybody out. Team Henny Blues there in Bermuda. So I had to miss that trip. But this was, you know, a little bit more important to me. Right, right. But it's just like... It's nerve-wracking every... I was on today. Nervous as fuck. Mm. Is, it, is, it, is, it, is this... Since you, your first love is radio, is this like a dream come true? What? Don't, listen. Think of your first love. Word. Whatever it is. Think if it's a girl, <laughs> if it's a pair of sneakers, yeah, if yeah. it's whatever your first love is, think about doing that every... Not every day, but think about doing that very often. Mm. And then on top of that, getting paid for it. More life. And then on top of that, people telling you you're actually good at it. Absolutely. You know, as black men, we have a self-esteem issue. Mm-hmm. You understand that? Black men, we have a self-esteem issue. If we're not doing what we want to do or we're doing what we like, it, it kills us. Right, right. I can say I'm great. doing what I like. That's amazing. Trap, karaoke, Henny Palooza, and Beast on Radio. Right. I mean, I still got some insecurities, but my nigga. Right. I'm getting paid for all three, and you can't son, this, You can't write it up no different for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what Driven Minds is about. Us being you know individuals who really can't write it no different for me. So yeah. I just want people to understand that. And I've had some dark times in my career, in my life, period. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine, her name is Jazz Fly, uh, Jasmine Waters. I hear great things about her. One of my best friends, like my big sister, and she, we have this thing where we say nothing is permanent, mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, this is not going to last forever. Trap karaoke, any blues, the beats one radio is not going to last forever. But I've been in some times where I thought, the negative would last forever. You dig what I'm saying? So whatever y'all are going through, whatever niggas, are li- whoever's listening to this shit, it ain't going to last forever. Mm. You know, be prepared for that. If you're going through some shit right now, go through it. But that shit ain't going to last forever. Mm. You ain't going to be broke forever. You ain't going to be heartbroken forever. You ain't going to be ugly forever. Like, the glow-ups going to happen. What? You know what I mean? But you ain't going to be fine forever. You ain't mm. going to be rich forever. You ain't going to have a job of the year forever. Be prepared for that shit. So when God hands it to you, like, all right, here's a switch up. What you going to do? Mm. From negative to positive, positive to negative, that switch up is going to happen. So nothing ever is permanent, ever. Gosh. Two Yo, questions before we wrap. Yeah. For me, um, for one, what's the smartest move you believe 
you've made thus far and um your driven minds what drives you to keep going like you mentioned your dark times we all go through it and people don't really see it because people probably look at you like yo low key you out here killing it you know what I mean they probably never know um, what drives you and what got you through those dark times and what keeps driving you to this day uh, the first question was um, this was the smartest movie the movie. smartest move I ever believed and she probably gonna kill me was not listening to my mother mm. when she says you should do that no not just my mom my family mm. Why are you blogging? What is this? Mm-hmm. You're not making no money. Don't you need to get a regular job? This is not gonna work. Well, lo and behold, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I got my parents coming Crack to Henny Palooza on Saturday. Like <laughs> my parents coming to that shit. Yo, how real is that? You understand what I'm saying? Like that's, that's, that's full amazing, circle. Man. That 180, like, yeah, yeah. and that comes from the blogging, from the hosting to all that other shit. So I don't care who it is. If you feel it in your gut. My nigga, go for it. As long as it's not life-threatening, detrimental to your health, or whatever, relationships gonna come and go. Right. They gonna come and go. But that gut feeling, that come, that's far in between. And my gut feeling said, stay right where you are, and go through it, and then when you get through it, you gonna show niggas why you went through it. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? So, that's one piece of advice. And the second was... Um, oh yeah, what um what drives, what drives you personally? What's your personal you know driving force? My personal driving force is actually being able to k- take care of people around me. Mm. You I know? feel you on that. I mean, I can't buy nobody a house yet. Right. You know, I can't buy you know anybody a car yet. But paying for groceries for my sister, or just giving some like giving somebody close to me money, mm-hmm. and not stressing about it. Like, I can give somebody a couple of whatever and just be like, all right, knowing I can do that instead of always asking for shit. Right. You know, like, yo, oh my, I need to borrow, da da da. You mm-hmm. know, Nick, I need to borrow, da da da. Nah, you need it? All right, I got to hit it. And not blink. Right. You know what I mean? It ain't about what, what I can do for women. It ain't about what sneakers I got on. It ain't about none of that shit. Like, that shit gonna come and it's gonna go. Right. But if my sister hit me or if my mom or whoever that's close to me hits me, like, yo, I need, all right, here, you'll have it tomorrow. Stop. You know what I mean? That's what drives me. And the fact that they love what I do. Blessings. You know what I mean? My pops. Me and my, right before I got him, me and my pops, he was like, all right, so what should I wear to Henny Palooza? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, I got you in a section up there. And right, like right. that conversation, not big to anybody else, that conversation is huge to me. Hmm. You know what I mean? It don't matter what, how big it is to anybody else around you. If that shit make you smile, that shit make your heart flutter, if that shit make your eyes glow, nigga. That's important to you, so you know that yeah, that's fire. You know I mean? Yo, where can we uh, find you on the socials, man? Uh, socials, low key UHCN across the board: Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm on there causing hell, promoting shit, flirting with women, and damn, you know, I got, got one more question. You, you heard that? No, no, no. Cool. Um, so you were saying before you didn't really have like any goals; you were just going with it yeah. because you're doing chart. Now, now that you've made it this point of success. Do you have do you have goals now like the next five years where you want to see yourself? Yeah, like I want TV. Gotcha. I want TV, and that's I got it. Yeah, I want TV, and yeah. I got it. You know, now that's me being an adult and finding ways to get myself on that platform, mm-hmm. whether it be relationships, whether it be you know collecting, um, you know, material to showcase mm-hmm. that, putting myself in those positions to mm-hmm. be in those rooms for those conversations. Um, so that's a me thing. I gotta step up to the plate and be like, all right. 
you know, if I want TV. And I've had people tell me, like, you should try TV. And, you know, so I'm trying to do, like, more interviews, podcasts to showcase the personality because yeah. you can't always gauge a personality from a party. True, true. You know, at some point, like, you're going to have to, like, actually sit and have a conversation right. and talk to somebody instead of saying the same shit about, you know, open bar energy and tipping bartenders, like, that gets redundant. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have some substance to you. And, you know, shout out to my man Rodney McKay, who's made that beautiful transition into... Um, into television and hosting, so I, you know, I want to follow in his footsteps right, because right. he's, you know, he's a great, great, great host. You know, host for Jordan, host for Nike, host for BET. So, you know, that's where I kind of want to go. And he's managed by Terrence J and Fred Whip. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you know, well, I managed like managed, you know, mentor Whip like that's, that's but he's in that circle. So right, I aspire to be within the lights of that company. Right. You know, so. Yo, that's fire. Too, Yo, low key, we want to thank you for coming out and sharing your story, dropping these gems on us <laughs> on our head tops. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Thanks again for low key. This was actually a very inspirational interview. Yo, thank you for having this conversation with me. Yeah, it's man. needed. You know, our black men need to hear this shit. And anytime y'all need to, you know, want to talk, or if anybody wants to talk, Twitter is available, Instagram is available, Snapchat is available. So. Absolutely. All right, thanks y'all again, and uh, stay driven. Stay driven, y'all.